You've found the Virtually Possible podcast. Join the discussion on future of work, organizational design, and personal growth. All right. Are we live? Oh, yeah, we are live. Okay, cool. Hello. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Welcome to the, the episode zero of the Virtually Possible podcast. And I'm here with no one else but... Matteo from the Step Zero. So it's a episode zero with Step Zero. Half of the founding team of Step Zero here. <laughs> Matteo is not only very active um, advocate for the mental health at work that he pursues through the Step Zero initiative, but also an artist and um, very prolific uh, drawer on Instagram at Matteo Drosheads, which I'm a huge fan of. Welcome, Matteo, to the podcast. Hey, Maria. Well, hi, everyone. Like, it's, uh, this is one of the, probably the best introduction I've ever received, so I'm very honored. It feels like getting, you know, three, four coffees at once. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Well, I, like I said to you before we started rolling, I'm completely unprepared for this, but very satisfied that um, for once, because I'm a huge procrastinator, so I'm very happy that for once I said I'm going to do something and I'm actually doing it. It took me six weeks. I think from the moment when I decided I'm going to do a podcast to finally getting my first guest on. So I'm very excited <laughs> that you said yes. And I'm very much looking to the conversation. We, we, ag- we agreed that, uh, you know, the, the, the less prepared we are in this case, the better the outcome. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Like we're both unprepared. We both roll and go with the flow. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, let's see, um, you know, if, if this is going to be the best podcast I'll ever record. Because I'm so unprepared, then the bar is going to be very high. But we're here today starting this journey of the 2020 that I've decided to embark on. I, I feel very honored that you're the first guest that I have, mostly because I think I stumbled upon your content very early in my journey, discovering the future of work and the, the impact of remote work it had on employees' days. And I remember your podcast was actually one of the first ones that I've uh, found. And I also remember thinking that finally someone is talking about this very openly. Um, I haven't, I actually haven't found anyone before who's devoted a whole initiative to just focusing on bringing more content, more knowledge, more expertise to people through the podcast. So what I wanted to talk about initially was the story behind Step Zero and how you guys came up to start it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, first of all, talking to you, it's a, it's a confidence booster because you're always full of compliments. So that's great. <laughs> and I know you were, you're actually, you know, one of the first people who was, um, still is, but, you know, initially was like very eager to, to check in on every episode, was leaving me feedback. So very grateful for that and very and very pleased to be here on, on your episode zero and i'm pretty sure this is just the beginning of a very successful project and yeah regarding regarding step zero i mean look we we the funny thing is we didn't really know it would be it would turn into a podcast so you know we we went through like like everyone does like our our fair share of you know burnout and anxiety and it was maybe work related maybe uh, you know, rooted in, in different, I guess, private or personal matters. But, you know, like, like everyone we experienced uh, or I experienced my, my fair deal of, of worries and anxieties and stress. And, 
what I did at some point was just I picked up some books. I just started uh, studying and, and getting some extra information about things like the situation at work, uh, whether it's corporate or startup environment and, you know, situation in society. And, and you know, I started to have, let's say, more and more meaningful conversations. And all of this at the end translated into a whole lot of potential content that I could deliver. And, and I say content, you know, just for the lack of better words, but there was just so much information that I was, that I was gathering and collecting that I thought, you know, it, it does make sense to, to share this with, uh, with people around me first, and then hopefully with, with more and more. And so the podcast was just, uh, I guess, a natural step um, after this first, I guess, phase of, uh, of studying and, and collecting information and collecting feedback from people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now we're like about what twenty five episodes in, like a lot of uh, super fun discussions with uh, with a lot of uh, uh, very interesting people from all over the world, all walks of life. You know, we have psychotherapists, we have people managers, we have entrepreneurs, CEOs. So there's a let's say the more the more we do this, the more we realize that everyone really is touched in one way or, or another by, you know, stress or anxiety um, or, or, you know, unhappiness to a certain extent. So um, this, is, this is where we are and, and hopefully we'll continue to, to deliver interesting content and hopefully we'll, we'll keep having, you know, interest guests like, uh, like you are, which is always a big pleasure. Well, definitely, you know, the, the podcast, I would say, is, uh, I always tell you, it's far too short. And especially uh, Dora, your better half, who's also uh, running the interview, she always keeps them very, very short. And I'm always like, no, 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 keep on going, keep on, keep on asking the questions. Um, so I'm looking forward to longer episodes that you guys will record. And for sure, uh, slightly piggybacking on your guest list and had the pleasure to actually connect with many of them personally already. Uh, which is great. And I think it seems that, you know, everyone is very open to, to sharing their, their experience and, and whether this is through your podcast or just in the one-on-one conversations, it, it definitely makes it very encouraging, I would say. And just a side note on how we actually first uh, met and started talking. And um, it's interesting you say that, you know, your initiative actually did not um, start out to be a podcast and in the same and in the same vein I did not think I'm going to do a podcast but it seems that uh, people don't like to read as much so written material is not really something that people r- jump on very often anymore and so in the end I just thought maybe it's easier to have a conversation that someone can listen to while they're ironing or cleaning the house or walking or whatever uh, that is so I think that is that was why. But I guess what I also wanted to um, to ask was because it, it's the two of you, right, that decided to to start putting out um, um, that content into the world and talk about this. Was there a point where you were thinking, you know, where you were hesitating to talk about this because it's just but it's such a sensitive topic still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I think this is the. This is a question that, or I would say a topic of discussion that we've had over and over again, you know, in many different forms. And, and it's, it's exactly what you say, you know, like a lot of, I think, you know, my belief is that 
most people that we see around us, whether it's in the street or in the office or, you know, in the elevator or whatever, like all the people that you meet around, like they, they would potentially have a lot to say on the topic, right? Because everyone, mm -hmm. especially now because of this, of this pandemic, unfortunately, like people have all gone through and are still going through their, their fair share of, uh, of stress. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if we, if everyone was, was that open and, and, and less worried about the stigma around it, then we probably have a lot of meaningful conversations all the time. So I think, you know, to go back to your question, sure, there was a point, especially initially where we thought, you know, are we, you know, especially I'm speaking for myself, like I was thinking, like, am I, am I going too far? Am I sharing too much? Um, should I maybe not touch on on specific topics or whatever but you know the reality is that these doubts also lasted you know very very little um because i was so convinced and i still am that it's it's really necessary to to make the first step and put the word out there um that it's okay to talk about these things and and the more you do it the more you realize that people are actually very eager to listen to what you have to say and then you know because of this they open up themselves so you basically get uh, get the ball rolling uh, for a lot of other people who are a little more, you know, I guess a little shyer, a little um, a little more concerned about what others think of of them. Um, so sure, like there was a time, um, I guess, right at the beginning, where maybe you're a bit concerned about the format. You choose your words a little more carefully, but it's all it's all a matter of you know. A, accumulating I guess more and more conversations mm -hmm. and then and then going with the flow and and I feel that the response that that we've had so far has been extremely positive we, we've got a lot of support and this obviously is encouraging us to to keep going and uh, and uh, keep studying and keep having these conversations and connecting with people and so far it's been it's been incredible I wouldn't change it for anything in the world I have a few, I have a few follow up questions to that. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think that's the, that's the, once you get the momentum, I think it's, uh, it becomes a lot easier because I guess what I'm asking or, or what I was wondering about was, you know, that moment when you open up and talk about things that are quite private and also like I said very sensitive generally to, to speak about openly and you obviously put your name on that right like so I think there's a there's that hesitation or, or maybe questioning of whether this makes sense because what would people say but I always find that um, first of all people don't care that much in a way as in they might have an initial reaction but really as long as you are authentic as long as you are genuine it's very hard for people to criticize you, right? Because you're, you kind of open your heart. You, you really have to be malevolent to come at someone who really wants to share their, their story. That was one comment that I had on that. And um, are there any plans, any specific plans that you have for the future for this initiative? Or you're now going to go mostly with the podcast? Um. Other good question, and uh, I think instinctively I would say the the plan for now is that there is no there is no actual plan at the moment. So we you know we, we enjoy so much connecting with with people and, and having conversations that we're really focusing episode by episode on you know on on this on these very conversations and 
we we thought about you know potential uh, outcomes in the future or, or or building bigger things but the reality is that you never know what's going to happen and right now you know we we like to keep it this way where it's just a podcast and and we we really want to i would say create a platform um which really is just a podcast but it's it's more of a you know podcast slash platform where people can just log in and feel comfortable with what they hear and uh, and, you know you said at the beginning of our conversation that when you first when you first listened to to one of our episodes you felt you know somehow encouraged also to to do your own thing right Um, Mm -hmm. and um, and and this is I think the the main purpose for us that's a huge win you know like you you saying this and starting your own thing and and connecting with our guests in in private and i mean this is all this is all what what is about like you know to create a network of people who are perfectly comfortable with uh, with sharing their opinion on the matter and and sharing their expertise as well and maybe even uh, even sharing some piece of advice and we we all come from different backgrounds uh, despite working in similar industries often but we all have our own experience and our own takes so I think the main purpose is really to to keep going with um, with more and more episodes. Right now, as I said, like we're only at I believe twenty five, mm-hmm. and uh, and we want to do many more. You know, there's uh, we keep connecting. I personally keep connecting every single week with a lot of interesting people, uh, mainly through LinkedIn, and it's mm-hmm. so easy to create that connection and and ask people to you know consider coming on the podcast and sharing their and sharing their views. And, and a lot of these people never really had the chance to, to speak uh, on, a, on a platform and, and speak their mind on, on a platform like, uh, like ours. So that's, uh, I think, just a, a feel-good project. And, and I think that's, mm-hmm. the main, that's the main plan in short, mid and long term. But then, you know, mm-hmm. let's, see, let's, see, let's see what this brings. Do you find that today... Uh, it seems like the whole world needs therapy um, to an extent that, you know, everyone is kind of hiding uh, their, their, their suffering behind a smile. And it seems that it's not that they're not honest in the way they carry themselves through the world, but it seems like either this is not a realized suffering that they're going through or, or to some extent it is, but it's, but they don't feel like they have a platform to speak about, about this quite openly. Yeah. You know, at, at, at times it does feel like a lot of people would definitely benefit from, you know, call it therapy, call it meaningful conversations or call it socializing, you know, at least because mm-hmm. um, a lot of us tend to isolate ourselves, especially in, in times like these. And, uh, and that's not really of great help more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of factors at play and I'm definitely not, you know, an expert in either psychology or sociology or anything like that. I just, I just like to read a lot and, and observe a lot and draw my own conclusions, which I think it's important, but I'm also very careful with that. But in general, I believe that one big factor at play is that, you know, and, and we hear this all the time is that, we are used to a very different pace of life compared to many years ago. Um, And, uh, and, you know, now like we spent a lot of our big deal, you know, of our, of our days and weeks on, on our phones, on WhatsApp, on Zoom, 
uh, on LinkedIn. And, uh, and this is constant stimulation that, you know, it could, be, it could be good to a certain extent, but uh, if overstretched can be very toxic. So, and, and somehow we are forced to keep doing this, you know, because that's, uh, that's the only way we can keep in touch with people. That's the only way we can have, you know, meaningful conversations uh, or one of the few ways, right? Because it's easier to connect over, over WhatsApp or the phone or, or, or LinkedIn or Zoom or all these platforms. And, uh, you know, sooner than, sooner than later, we realize that we're actually spending maybe too much of our time on, on these platforms uh, with not really uh, building any meaningful interaction necessarily right we have a lot of interactions we had a lot of discussions we have uh, we have uh, a lot of things going on and everything goes so fast but we rarely stop and slow down and and build or think about something meaningful and i think that's you know it sounds very idealistic and philosophical but this is really is really what's happening you know like we if you think about the situation for a lot of professionals right like in you know we work in or we've worked most of our of our career in, in ad tech and digital marketing and, and, uh, and uh, you know, tech and digital space. And it's very common for people to tend to connect over, over LinkedIn and, uh, and create this network and being, you know, and like you said, putting on a mask and pretending that everything, everything is great. Um, but the reality is that at the end of the day, there is very few actual meaningful connections and meaningful interactions that uh, that you're building so at some point you are completely overwhelmed and there is a, and there is a very little takeaway from it and it's mostly it's mostly stress and this is not sustainable over the over the long term you look at you look at all these platforms you look at linkedin again and i, and I keep referring to linkedin which i i spend an awful amount of time in and i think it's an amazing platform but it also needs to be it needs to be, I think, dealt with in a, in a smart way. You know, you see a lot of successful people on paper and, and you want to connect with all of them, but you don't really know the reality behind it. And, and you always, you know, you tend to minimize your own successes and minimize your own, um, I guess, achievements because there are so many great achievements and great people around. And, and so we enter this sort of whirlwind and spiral of, oh, there's so many great things going on. There's so many great people. There's so much potential out there and I'm not grabbing all of it. And, and with the pace of, uh, of today's life, that can be very overwhelming. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's just about slowing down, breathing in and, uh, and, uh, and try to focus only on what's actually meaningful and, and relevant to us. Mm. I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to, like, I guess I want to keep it more exhaustive, but this is pretty much what's on my head at the moment. So that overstimulation, many people have been talking about in the, in the issue of having, you know, of, of being on the phone constantly. Um, that's for sure a huge thing. And it is worrisome, but maybe kind of going from, from, from the end of it, when, when you mentioned that all of that success that you see on LinkedIn and how that actually impacts your own perception of yourself. I actually, a funny story, someone told me that, you know, how, People post those updates constantly and everyone likes them and celebrates them and wants congrats, congrats. And at some point someone posted an update of losing a job and people saying people were celebrating this and saying congrats. And to an extent where we were like, you don't even read what people are actually posting. And um, well, to 
I would say sometimes taking a break is a blessing. <laughs> so maybe in the sense it is great. But yeah, like that overstimulation actually leads to this numbness where people cannot really process all the information that they're going through. So that's one thing. Then that idea of you having to grab every potential opportunity that comes your way because everyone is moving forward so much faster than you. You know, it's a popular buzzword right now to say, oh, we're living in this eco chamber, but it is in the sense of our own um, construction of reality because it depends obviously on who you follow. You only follow successful people so that they inspire you to do more. And I do follow Elon Musk. And do I feel like I should be an engineer? For sure. But unfortunately, it probably won't be. So it is that we also just put ourselves out there in a, in a, in a way that is harmful, I, I think, to, to an extent that we, we then feel very much, like you said, overwhelmed or pressured to be constantly achieving something. And I've definitely had thoughts when I would be, when I would think, oh, you know, starting a company now or starting in a, a venture now is already too late because I'm in my thirties and whoever is super successful started a company when they were 18, 19, 24, whatever, like any, any age that is not my age, right? Like just anything before. But then I've heard this uh, line on, on this podcast once when someone said, actually, you're the youngest you'll ever be. So you might as well start now because you're never going to be as young as you are today. You're only getting older. So it also is just a good idea to to just explore and, and try to see, you know, what, where you can get. And on, on that point of not being able to, you know, not having the time to reflect, I would say that personally, I had the same uh, impression of, of my life until I actually had to take a break or like I actually decided to take that break to explore just anything else in the world really outside of what I was doing at work. I realized that I, well, that there's so much to learn and then that I actually was incapable of, of having that headspace because I was very invested in work and also very invested in realizing that it's, it's taking so much of my life, but it's really hard to detach yourself from that. So mentally that conversation that you have in your head also takes a lot of energy so only now that I have the space to be able to explore either the, all the topics of remote work or future of work or organizational growth, it, and I still feel that I don't have enough time in the day. You know, when you work nine to five, that becomes really, really hard to find that space, right? And then you're, you're bombarded by whatever social media channels you're using and you feel like everyone has everything else figured out. But one interesting thing, just to finish off, I would say that many times, if you listen to very successful businessmen and, and businesswomen, their best stories start with preempt of, of saying, oh, and then I worked there for 15 years. And then I did that for 10 years. And then you realize that actually to be able to achieve something, you do need all this time. But because you only get those snaps of information that today let's say I'm, uh, my, my company has been acquired by another company, but behind that story, there's usually 10 to 15 years of hustle 
And it's not that they wake up one day and, and it works. And then when they start something and the other day, they just sell it. Right. So it's always a very long journey to, to success. And we forget that we tend to forget that. So I think this is why your initiative has been so refreshing to bringing people back to self and to reality of it's going to take time. Like if you're struggling, you can find help. If you want to do something, look at those other people. They've been struggling and getting there and it took them time and it's fine. And I think this is why just that open conversation is so important today because we, we truly don't know how to live our lives and deal with technology because we've built so much technology for ourselves, but clearly no one gave us the manual. I always say this, like, where's the manual for social media, right? Like nobody has one. And then we choose those radical solutions going from, I use all the channels to I'm going on a detox and I'm not using any of it. And I don't want to be in touch with anyone, but then we're social animals. So it's not really that easy because you need the balance. And I think the search for balance is the biggest and most extraordinary struggles that we're going through right now, because we are incapable of um, kind of doing it on a daily basis. And it's this constant pendulum swinging from one extreme to the other. It's super, it's super difficult. Look like, you know, like, like you said, um, you know, speaking about quotes, I actually wrote it down, you know, the, you're the youngest you'll ever be. I really like it. Um, another one is it takes, you know, a lifetime to be, to be an overnight success, right? Mm, that's um, true. Yeah. You know, like, you, like you said, like you, you look at all these influencers and, and, and top managers and, uh, and you don't really, like I said, you don't, you don't know what's, what's behind their story. You don't know about their background. You just sleep just see a flashy title and a great position that you might be, you know, that it might be in your radar, but I mean, it, it takes a lot of work, sometimes a lot of luck, the right connections, a lot of like different elements together and, uh, and they're never the same for, for all of us. So I think, you know, take the podcast, for example, take my podcast, take your podcast. It's, it's the same thing, you know, thinking, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and, and we spoke about this, I think in one of our first conversations, one of the first times we, we spoke that you start a podcast and immediately you want to get to levels of Joe Rogan, right? You, you, you think like, oh, I'll, I'll get a few recordings in, people will love it. And then all of a sudden I'll wake up one day and there will be thousands of listeners or, you know, or even more. And, and then I'll get a call from Joe Rogan and then I'll get, I'll be a, I'll be a guest on his podcast. And sure, that's Shout out all- to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing podcast. But you know, like that's that's the that's one of the it's it's a great thing to be to be positive, um, but it's also a very toxic and dangerous thing to uh, to live in this in this illusion that that you need to burn all these steps to get there, and and people you know are willing to basically skip all the journey. Now I sound like a one of the worst self-help books that, uh, that are around, but uh, you know, you want to skip all this journey to, to get to, to get to, to the actual goal. Um, but this is exactly the problem just because everything goes fast around us. It doesn't mean that we, that we need to fast forward to, to our, to our target, to our, to our goal, to our ambition, you know, like it's, it's really fun. Like I said, to have conversations like this and start small. And honestly, like if, if what we are saying right now, like, impacts positively you know one person 
somewhere in the world, um, that's that's already enough. You know, that's already a big, big win. You know, like, let's say take an hour conversation uh, from the comfort of our home, having a coffee and somebody listens to this and is positively impacted and maybe inspired to start something on their own. That's already the, the biggest result you can ever achieve. And there's no need to to necessarily fast forward and, and think about, you know, how successful this could be um, in the in the shortest amount of time. I think that's also, it's great to be ambitious. Like I said, I, I consider myself a very ambitious person, um, but uh, ambition only can be very dangerous if it's not managed well. Mm. The interesting part of how you started and, um, and how I started was, is, was not even thinking about this being any form of a business, right? Like, or any form of a journey to some success. It's more the, the interest. It's more the concern. Uh, it's, it's more the, the curiosity of what could be done so that we collectively could function better and live better lives and live more meaningful lives, like you said before. And, and I think what I'm trying to do is just ask good questions and maybe in in the process, be able to figure out what is it that we could be doing differently. Well, there's definitely a lot we could be doing differently, but in, in the context of work and in the context of finding fulfillment in your job and your career so that you keep that energy level, that good energy, stable energy level throughout the day that you don't find yourself depleted after the day of, of work or frustrated you know, of course, there are days that are not, not all days are unicorns and rainbows, but there's going to be what you want is to have a stable foundation in your mind and in your body to be able to uh, really live a good and meaningful life and not to be spiteful, not to be constantly exhausted, not to be uh, constantly dissatisfied with, with the way the, your, your life unfolds. So now since we're talking about helping other people and we obviously are uh, very qualified, but not, not, not as qualified in terms of any medical degrees, but I guess what I wanted to know and, and maybe share with the five people or 10 that will ever listen to this podcast, what would you say were the biggest takeaways that you've had in this learning process that you've gone through about mental health? Mm -hmm. Are we... Are we specifically talking about work environment or both like private and personal and work environment? I would say, I would say we can touch on both, right? Because on, on the individual level, it's important to, for, for people to realize that these are the kind of signals you should watch out for. And maybe these are the kind of things you can do. Uh, but also as we are going to be reaching out with this podcast to a lot of managers and professionals they might find something interesting for themselves in terms of corporate solutions as well. So let's start with the individual perspective and then maybe we'll talk about the other part. Okay. So I'll, you know, I'll share my piece again, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not an expert. So for everyone who's listening to this, like this is obviously, you know, my, my very personal opinion, but hopefully it will help somebody out there. From a personal point of view, I think uh, a really good thing that we can all consider is going back to basics in terms of eating well, sleeping right, having meaningful social interactions, especially now where, you know, we really need it. We've been, we've been locked home 
unfortunately for for a very long time and we're all afraid of uh, of you know what's what what the future is going to what the future is going to be uh, after the pandemic and and uh, it's really important for us to kind of like reconnect in a very healthy way with uh, with ourselves um, and uh, with you know mind and spirit and, and body and and so you know what really did it for me was to eat better like actually make a proactive effort in in following a better healthier nutrition plan sleeping properly so trying really trying to make an effort to you know stay away from from the screen until very late or avoiding meals late in the evening and uh, and really maybe read a few pages or why not listen to a podcast or meditate a little before going to sleep and really ease yourself into sleep and 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 really try to sleep you know those seven eight plus hours because that makes a whole lot of difference you know like if you if you eat right if you sleep right you wake up and you'll be more positive you'll have more energy you'll feel more explosive and that's that's really what you need at you know at the very basic at the very least to to function and go about your day and um, and um, so on a on a personal level I think these are the two main the two main takeaways you know nutrition and sleep and then there's a lot of things that did it for me as you know like I love I love to draw um, so um, drawing is one of for me it's a great. Um, it's a great self therapy, so to speak. You know, I, I spend some time every day, like drawing little comics or little vignettes or whatever, and um, and it's a lot of fun and it takes my mind off things. And people have very different ways to to go about meditation or therapy. You know, you hear all the time, "Oh, I tried meditating, but it wasn't for me," and and that's very true because um, I I partly share that. I've I've been trying, you know. For example, I've, I've been on Headspace, which I think is a super cool app, and I actually recommend people to use it. Uh, I tried it. I wasn't consistent with it, and I found out that um, for me, like uh, other ways of, uh, of uh, meditation, maybe work better. One is drawing. It could be playing video games, playing board games. You know, it could be uh, going for a walk, um, listening to music, taking a bath, whatever. And so there's a lot of things I think it's important to explore what really works for you and, and really carve yourself some personal time every day to explore and try things and really follow your gut feeling. If you feel like, you know, tonight I want to watch an episode of Friends, do it, you know, like if you feel like I need to, I want to take a bath and, and just relax and with some soothing music, do it, you know, like I think it's really important to give in those, those cravings somehow. And uh, so this is on the on a on a personal level. Um, on a on a let's say corporate occupational level. So talking about what happens at work. You know, you mentioned that. Of course, there are some signals that we can we can look out for. Um, and as managers, as colleagues, as you know, um, entrepreneurs, whatever um, bosses, whatever you wanna you know you, you whatever angle you wanna take. Um, there is a. There is, you know, moments where unnecessary politics or tantrums or uh, weird situations at work arise that were not there before. Uh, so little changes, you know, little mistakes, even in the way maybe yourself or colleagues write emails. Um, maybe they forget to um, they forget to include, uh, you know, attachments more than once, or you know, very little details that could tell you, you know, this person is for whatever reason, not fully, not fully sharp, not fully engaged. Uh, 
um, maybe it's worth asking, you know, if everything is all right. Um, and and th those are very tiny signals and it could be nothing, right? It could be just that, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a bad day. Something happened back home or maybe they had, uh, they had a weird one-on-one -on -one meeting and uh, they, they came out a little shaken or whatever. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it could be, it could be an early signal of something more serious. And, and if, if, if it goes unchecked, then unfortunately it can translate into, into burnout. And when once burnout manifests itself, um, then it's really, really difficult to treat it. You know, like it's uh, preventing burnout is difficult in itself, but it's possible. Uh, treating burnout, it's, it's very, very difficult. There are, you know, interven interventional approaches to burnout but they're not easy and you really need to talk to an expert at that point. Um, so checking for those early signals and really knowing your colleagues and your team and having, you know, continuous conversations that are not necessarily work-related, it's very important. Um, and, uh, and as a leader, as a colleague, it's really, really crucial to, to make the first step if you have it in you, you know, if you're somebody who, um, and I think, you know, you, Maria, you could be you could be one of them. You know, there's there's a lot of people who are really eager to to help and 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 share, I think, uh, their view on uh, on on stress, anxiety, or anything that would really prevent you from being the best version of yourself. If you have that in you, it's really important that you make that you take that first step and you show people that it's okay to you know to tone down a meeting. It's okay to tell your colleague, hey, you know, you haven't. You were expecting a better result out of, you know, this reach out or this project. It's okay, you know, like it happens. You'll be, we'll be, we'll be here, you know, working on this for, for the foreseeable future, and we'll have many, many other chances to, um, to take care of this. So, I think it's really, really important to, uh, also, sometimes back off this constant performance-based evaluation of people. You know, like we expect people, especially at work, to perform all the time. Uh, but we need to be completely okay and actually proactively seeking a very different sort of evaluation, more based on, you know, the impact they have on, on the company, the impact they have on their colleagues. Um, the, the, uh, I think the, the value really that they bring uh, in terms of, and I'm really thinking, you know, core values uh, that they bring at work and how they help promote them and how they help um, others feel in shape and feel better. So these are all things that I believe should be part of an evaluation, of somebody's evaluation. And it's not just about performance. It's not just about making this amount of demos or cold calls or cold emails a day or this amount of successful project completions. Those are important, and you know, I, I'm, I am, you know, I've always worked in performance-driven organizations, and I enjoyed it, and I, and I see the value in, you know, keeping an eye on on the financial bottom line. But there's so much more to it, and uh, and unless this conversation comes from a leader or somebody at the top, it's very, very difficult to promote it from uh, from, let's say, allow me, pass me the term, the bottom, right? So it has mm -hmm. to be, I think, a leader who's in that situation really needs to um, really needs to make the first step and, uh, and tell people, first of all, it's okay. And, and second of all, let's, let's see what really matters to you guys. And, and let's start from there. And let's see if we can combine that with what matters to the company and find a common ground for it. And, and these are conversations that unfortunately we don't have enough. Otherwise we wouldn't have 
you know, so many podcasts about mental health and, 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 and business and leadership and communication at work. So it's really, it's really something we need to, we need to look out for. Yeah, I mean, uh, so many good points that you've raised, the first early signals of, of burnout that you were talking about. I would say that when I realized that I was burning out, I think mostly when I thought my day would start and, and I couldn't get myself up to speed. And I, and I actually started getting worried that my mental capacity has been reached and I couldn't think as quickly and I just felt sluggish every day almost. And it would take me so much time to get something done that I would normally before probably be able to, to complete in a very short span of time. And, and I think that that mental cloud is so hard to get rid of. And also really freaked me out very early on because I thought, oh my God, have I reached my limit and this is how I'm going to be forever. But then, but all on the flip side, I would see that in other areas, I, my curiosity would spark, my interest would spark, and I would be able to consume new knowledge or new information much faster. And I think that's when I was like, okay, well, this is some, this is not normal. This is not, this is not how I should be feeling, but it's also very hard because, you know, when you're in the moment, when you're in the, you know, when you're busy, right? Like when you keep busy, it's really hard to step out of the room kind of, and step out of your, you know, your own body and, and be able to actually reflect on how you process information, how you um, interact with other people. And I've gone through a few burnouts already. And so like, I know that, you know, and there were, funnily enough, they were all different, but then the last one um, was, yeah, was just like, maybe because also we were kind of locked down. And so I wouldn't interact with people as much, but it was mostly very, went very much inward on, on me slowing down to a point where I would just be, I, I would see that it was impossible for me to, to stay productive, which was heartbreaking at the same time, because I know myself from times when I was, when I was able to work much more efficiently, when you see yourself not at your best, it's, um, it's very hard. It's very hard to, to be okay with that and to have that self, that, that compassion for self and, and, and uh, give yourself time to recover and recoup and, and actually made a difficult, make a difficult decision of maybe leaving your job, which is what I did and taking a break to, to really recharge because there's, there's no other way. It's, it's really impossible to be able to perform at a very high level, like you say, constantly, and also address any, any fatigue that you have. And my fatigue was actually uh, at a pretty high level at this point where I couldn't, I couldn't be, I, I couldn't rebalance this while working. Yeah. You know, you touched, you touched again on a really, on a really important, on a really important point. Like, you know, what's at the end of the day, I think it's important to ask ourselves, what is the point really to push so hard to do things, to get things done so quickly, just because you see, you're constantly bombarded by, you know, information about successful people, information about, I guess, like how to be the best version of yourself and, and push yourself through the clutter and through the, and through the noise and, and really achieve your goals. And, and that's all great. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much into, you know, motivational speakers and all of this, but there is a common theme behind successful people is that they really, or at least a lot of them managed to, to find the right pacing for themselves. You know, like some people are, are really good at, 
at performing at a high level consistently for many, many years. And if you're one of those and, and there is no real, you know, toxic consequence uh, for yourself, that's great. You know, good, good luck to you and, and, and wish you the best, of course. Like I would, never, I would never say otherwise, but for a lot of people, this is not the case. And, uh, and eventually most of us will be working for, for many, many, many years from now right like um so none of us is really is really planning to kill ourselves with work and trying to be successful in in the, in our private life and work life and in every other aspect of life and speak like 20 languages and all of that within the next couple of years right being successful at work being a successful professional being a great partner being a great friend being a great whatever artist being a great sportsman a sportswoman like it takes it takes time it takes a lot of training it's a bit like pretending to to go to the gym a week in a row and then expecting to to look like jacked you know like it, that, that's not how it works it takes it takes a long time and and if you go if you have that in your mind then you would probably think okay maybe going to the gym for my first week like 12 hours per day in order to look great next week is not really the best plan. So why do we do that at work and in other areas of life? You know, like it, it is of no use for us. It is of no use to our, to our companies. And that just leads us to expiring our energy and our battery very soon. And you said it very well. You know, you get to this stage where you feel like your mental capacity is reached. And that's not a nice place to be um, because you know that yeah. you can give so much more there's so much potential but you for some reason you don't really feel like pushing or your 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 mind is completely foggy and you need to read an email or or an article like five six times in order to actually process the information and when you get to that stage you really need to ask yourself is this worth it is this of any use to me to my colleagues to my boss and the answer is most likely no. And, and you're the, the one that is losing most out of it, you know? So I would say if this is to every, anyone listening to what we're saying, I think this is a really a call for, you know, not necessarily taking a break if you don't need to, but really being mindful about, um, about the pace that you're moving at and uh, satisfaction and meaning that you find in things. Yeah, for sure. Doing that self-check-in every once in a while is, is very important. And, and and like you said, when you're not able to, to perform and you definitely feel like you're losing most out of it. And you also have that horrible feeling of disappointing your team, right? Because you're working with other people and you know that they are counting on you and you're not able to you're not able to deliver. And whether this is at work or at home because of how you're feeling. And, and breaking out of that, out of that cloud is, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy. And I remember just even when my days would start that my heart would just sink because I would know that this is going to be another day when I'm not going to be as good as I used to be, or I'm not going to be as helpful as I should be. And, and sometimes, yeah, I, I would think ignorance is a bliss. And I wish I didn't feel that because it would be so much easier. But once, once you've seen yourself at a certain level and then you go down to one that you don't want to be at, it is a very difficult place to be, that, that is for sure. But there are a few things that you've mentioned that I found very interesting also in terms of you know, the approach of, um, of companies, how we should be actually thinking about reinventing 
the, the the performance reviews and you mentioned something like that some people are able to perform at a high level and what i also thought was that it's funny how we all have our own definition of what high performance means right and sometimes it's very much skewed towards you know that high highest ever performance right like everyone wants to be lebron james but not everyone can be and 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 we put so much pressure on ourselves be thinking that we all should be at that level right where he's a great basketball player but i'm sure he's not a great he's not also an all-star painter right like it's not that you can be all things at once and and thank god because this is why we have uh, diversity but also interesting thought to have about that performance idea of everything should be measurable yes we should all quantify our goals and 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 all the KPIs and OKRs and all of that but i think there's a lot of uh, still a lot of learning that we need to have in terms of understanding how to assess that value that people add by being helpful sharing uh sharing their knowledge stuff that is very much intangible and very hard to assess and not given enough airtime for sure by the leadership a lot of times right because leadership is focused on driving the business and and then at the same time unless they're the ones saying hey it's okay to have a shitty day it's okay that we are not going to check off every every bullet point on on our agenda this month we did 80% which is also great like because 80 is a lot more than zero so there's there's something there's something to to that but thinking about how else we can kind of show appreciation and 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 address that added value of of people other than just those financial goals mm-hmm. is definitely a very interesting topic on on performance we always start with the assumption at work that everyone you know is uh, is extremely excited about the company's mission vision and 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 all of that right and and that and that's likely you know true for a lot of people i i i certainly you know like to think of myself as somebody who is generally excited about the people and the and the company uh, i work and the companies i work for um, but there is so much more to to an individual in terms of his or her own interests you know like and sometimes it's really important for for leaders to really rethink these processes at work that make work quality right um because you know we we there's often and and we this is not the first time we touch on these topics and and um you know a lot of a lot of companies kind of resort to last minute uh you know we always talk about the yoga classes and all these things and and I always say these are these are great things and they're fun and they make I think the the office and and work environment uh more like uh more like home and it's important but it's the real deal is to also rethink and redesign processes at work and that's very difficult and it takes time and not everyone in fact I believe very few people know how to go about it and so you know one thing one thing that we can all start doing is definitely you know checking in first of all more often uh with uh, with people uh because you know speaking of performance reviews we speak about what quarterly bi-yearly or yearly even performance reviews like that cannot be effective you know like a yearly or bi-yearly performance review cannot be that effective unless there is many other multiple touch points along the way so i want to know the people i work with 
I want to know what they're interested in, you know, within, within the limit of what's, of what's possible. And I want to make sure, again, within the limits of what's possible, uh, I want to make sure that there is a match somehow between what we do at work and what they're really interested in. Because otherwise it will be, you know, otherwise we get to a point where people think it's, it's Monday and it's five days to my weekend. And that's a really, really bad place to be in. You know, they just, people just push through, they give 20% of what they could give. And that's of no use to anybody. So to, you know, speaking about specifically the performance review, since we touched on that, that's one thing, I think some food for thought for, for leaders out there to really understand what's important to their people, what's important to themselves, of course, because it's not, it's not leaders' fault. You know, leaders are, are also uh, more often than not employees and they're also going through the same issues. So it's important to, to understand what's important for yourself, for the people around you, and, and try to carve out processes that, that uh, include those individual values within the bigger company picture. Yeah, and also very interestingly, you know, when you when you spoke about the benefits, I start to think that many companies have had to rethink their benefits, right, and and think about how how to support their teams today. That actually people are kind of rolling back, and and you also said, you know, going back to basics on an individual level, that people started now thinking, you know, instead of having a yoga class, instead of having another whatever perk the biggest one of the biggest gifts we can give to people is actually the gift of time and attention and on that performance uh, check-ins if they're like you said if they're a quarterly performance review well they're they're not going to be as helpful as instead of giving me a voucher for another yoga class give me 30 minutes of your time and your focus so we can have that conversation because really most of the things that bother us are uh, are very human, right? And given that we also work with other humans, they can somehow relate and they can offer some kind of advice or or just even just even that ear, right? Like just to listen is is already enough. And and it's very interesting that even though we we seem very excited, like you said, initially about what the company is offering us and like, well, vision mission is one thing that is related to our daily job, but just all the perks that have always seemed like that, that thing that moves the needle and gets people to actually join, join the company today, because the circumstances have changed so much, what we're actually looking for is some human interaction, some human time. And, and not only does that help resolve any issues that you might have or you know any mis miscommunications misunderstandings but also supports that whole relationship and that ability for people to perform at a higher level actually because they are able to resolve their problems um, on a timely basis as opposed to keeping everything in and then once a quarter be able to actually talk about what's not working and and it sounds exact again very basic but actually it is what probably people derive the most value out of, you know, having a really, really good conversation with their manager, with their colleague, with, with, with their leader. And sure, we're all very busy, but putting off, fixing all of that to later, it's it actually will, will have you spend a lot more time on hiring another person, right? Or replacing another person uh, or replacing someone in the team because, because someone decided to, to, to leave the team. And um, just kind of going back to what you said about how you can take care of yourself on that individual level, 
and sleep and, and nutrition, which I think thankfully has been talked about a lot more recently. And people actually do now learn about the importance of sleep and the nutrition. Well, depending on the, depending on the pack, you can, you have the vegans, you have the carnivores and that is a whole other uh, beast to, to handle. But I think my notion, I guess, on this is um, I, I noticed that people are not very excited about those uh, types of advice because they feel like it's we, we want the new best tool, the new app, the new thing, the, the crazy the one-stop shop that will handle all of my problems. But the truth is that those, those things that you need to devote a lot of time and attention to, like sleeping, that, is, that, that will take 30% of your day because it should. And then so would, I don't know, cooking and, and, and getting your groceries right um, will also take a lot of time. People don't like to spend so much time on those things, but there's no other way to do it than like you cannot fit in an eight hour sleep in three hours. Like that's not going to work. I've tried it. I've tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> I tried to, I, I didn't sleep almost at all actually for, for many years and, and it's destroy, it will destroy your body and your mind and your ability to, to think clearly and, and, and be a lively part of society, uh, to be honest. So I guess when we're talking about the advice that we can give to the audience, it is sadly going to be painful. I will always say growth is painful, but it's very true. It's going to take time. And then, and then the biggest component of all of that is you are responsible for it. There's no one else. You cannot delegate that responsibility to anyone else. A lot of times I, I talk to my mom and I always tell her like, why didn't you tell me it's going to be so hard? Like being an adult, like that I will have to, <laughs> I will have to make all the decisions. And it's funny how we seek power in the context of work. But when we, when on that personal level, when we say, well, you have all the power to make all the decisions in your life. And you're like, oh no, no, that I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to have power over my, my own person. I just want to have power over other people. But actually, if, you, if you're seeking power, if you're a power-seeking person, you can very quickly realize that you are the most powerful in terms, you know, in the realms of your own life. If you want to take, if you want to take that control, you can, be, uh, you, you can do just that. But people don't really, don't really like that idea of, of having to deal with, with themselves on a daily basis, really. You know, hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you, you said it, I think perfectly. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, like you, you owe it to yourself to, to wake up and, and feel good. You know, you owe it to yourself to go sleep and actually, you know, try not to overthink things and actually get a good night of sleep. And you owe it to yourself to take some time to eat at the table, uh, you know, eat good food, whatever good food means to you uh, in this case, but you really owe it to yourself. You know, it's really, it's really important because if you don't do it now, then things will only get worse. And, and, and another thing to really keep in mind is that just because we have all these technology around us, all these apps, all these softwares, all this incredible and, you know, amazing help um, that right now we cannot do without, that doesn't justify endless to-do lists, you know, just because I am able to send a thousand emails in one day, just because I can automate them or I can whatever, or I can do 
uh, carry on all these things because I can use different softwares, it doesn't justify the fact that I have to do all of them. And it doesn't justify the fact that, you know, those are all things that are necessary for myself, for my company, for people around me, you know, like, so it's really, there is really a distinction that has to be made between what is possible to do within 24 hours and, and what is really necessary and what is really healthy. And, and this is something that uh, it's not really often thought about. There are, there are, I think, now more and more companies that are, you know, that are, you know um, I guess, promoting policies of, um, you know, basic things, but very effective things like do not send emails after a certain time, you know, or, or close your, shut your laptop and, and put your work phone away after a certain time and take time to recharge because, it is in your interest and in our interest to have you sharp again and full of energy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, if we know that you work until midnight or two or three in the morning, you will not be in, in a great shape tomorrow and we need you tomorrow and you most, you know, most and everything you need yourself tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So these are, these are very basic concepts. Uh, but, you know, I know it's easier said than done, but if, if I was managing, employees at any capacity, I really would need them and want them to recharge their batteries and have fun and get distracted before going back at it. Um, because that's the only way they can be they can be effective. So everyone who thinks the opposite, I think should, you know, and that's my very personal view, I think should rethink the way the way things are done. Yeah. Um, and then, so because I don't want to keep you for too long and we've been talking for quite a long time already, but I think, but I think what I wanted to, um, to kind of ask and in the same vein, what is your, what is your take on the future of work or what you think, or would you wish would happen with that experience of remote work that we've had the past few months and where, where could we take it really? Mm -hmm. Um, million dollar question, right? Like it's, uh, I think personally, I, I guess like, uh, for me, what really works is, uh, is a balance between, you know, working from home and being in the office. I, I do need, I think a lot of processes would be, would be more effective if you're actually sitting next to, next to the people you work with rather than, you know, spending, this awful amount of time on, on, on Hangouts, Zoom, Skype, whatever uh, you're using for, for calls. But um, so, you know, what, what works for me is, I would say, a balance. So the free, I think the freedom of knowing that I can go to the office and, and meet my colleagues is a really meaningful and powerful perk to have in this sense. Um, so without being forced to necessarily be in the office, but knowing that if I want, I can go there. I think that's a really, that's what, what really uh, would work very well for me, I believe. Um, and, and where this is going, well, I mean, a lot of people predicted that um, by the time the, the pandemic would be over or somehow, you know, by the time the pandemic was in a, in a slowdown phase, then a lot of people would be already very much used to working from home and spending more time with, you know, their, their better halves, their family, their kids, uh, their parents and, and so on, or their housemates, whoever you, you know, in case you work with, you, you live with someone. And, uh, and this would make it obviously very difficult for a lot of them to go back to work and go back to, 
to the previous um, to the previous way of doing things, and that's why you know everyone speaks now about the new normal, um, and uh, and that's why it's such the new normal per se is such an important concept. I don't think there's still I don't think a lot of people have it or companies for the matter have it figured out yet. Um, you know, some of them, some of the big players, they they promoted this uh, work for work from home forever um, sort of policy. Others are are kind of like trying to hit halfway. Others, you know, cannot really wait to go back to to the office. Um, so it really it really depends, and it's hard to say what's more what's more effective. Um, they say that obviously for for a lot of people working from home is way more effective. You get things done. A lot of other people hate being at home. You know, it really it really depends if you live in a you know in a in a. Uh, I guess shared space with uh, with a few people, and and your room is uh, 10, 12 square meters, and you need to spend there the whole day. Like, of course, you 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 really don't want to um, you really want to go back to the office, right? You really need that contact and going back. So, again, this is really I think it's a very complicated matter, but it's really down to um, every specific single case and every specific scenario so we should go you know company by company and really understand uh, maybe through surveys maybe through again multiple touch points really understand what their people uh, what their people care about rather than looking at you know necessarily general statistics and just because somebody's doing it this way and they're and they're a big known company then i should also do that you know it's it's really down to um it's really down to the leadership team and uh, and um, and uh, everyone, you know, from the from the frontline employees to every single stakeholder involved, to come up with uh, with the best decision. Sometimes, what I see recently, it's um, it's kind of a bit of both. It's a bit of working from home and a bit uh, and a bit of um, uh, office work. So, I think this is my overall overall take. There is no there is no ultimate solution to this. Also, because as we see, like the you know virus is picking up again is picking up once again unfortunately and we need to probably go through some sort of lockdown once again um so it's really hard to it's really hard to predict but you know to go to the same to the same discussion we had um at you know around the middle of this of this interview um it's really important to talk to people and really get from them rather than from articles online what's what's the best way to go about it um other than that I don't know. It's hard to see where this is going. If if the you know efficiency for a lot of companies will be heavily impacted or not, you know this is unprecedented somehow, right? Like so, we will see the effects of this in months from now, maybe years, even um, maybe decades. Yeah, who knows? Sure. Um, so right now, it's uh, it's just a matter of um, trying to limit the damage and and talk to as many people as you can and try to involve really every stakeholder from from day one. Yeah, I think this this is a great advice, right? First of all, check in with your with your team, with your people. A lot of companies are doing the surveys, trying to figure out what people are actually preferring in terms of the setup. And and I think just the hard part for for I guess for companies or people just generally is that you know when you have to have a solution that is not black or white, that that balancing act for people is sometimes very hard to, to uh, fathom, I guess. And, and, and a lot of people just want to be like, well, either we work remotely or we don't work remotely. And, and, um, and I think 
we will need to adjust to this new normal being that float state, right? Like just that that flexibility and and picking and choosing as long as you uh, as long as you're able to do your job and as long as you are able to function in a way that that really uh, gets the best out of you. So I think that it also creates such a huge space for innovation for people to really rethink everything they knew before. And I, and I sometimes say that I wish I woke up with amnesia in terms of knowing those like rigid structures of how everything should be organized, because there's definitely so much we can do differently from everything we've known before to, to really address many, many and very complex issues that we've spoken about today in the, in, in the workplace. So, so it's going to be very interesting to see what are the, what are the solutions that um, companies are going to come up with. And hopefully these are not just reworks of, of, of the old solutions, but actually something very, very new and unheard of uh, up until today. And maybe we'll be the ones who designed one of those. So <laughs> Let's maybe, see. Why not? Why not? Let's Could see. Be. Who knows? Right. So as we're coming to an end slowly, what I would like to do every time on this podcast is have this uh, uh, VP roulette, which is, which is the virtually possible roulette. And these are 10 questions. And at the uh, and I would ask you to, to pick three numbers and then you'll get to answer three random questions that are maybe not related to all the heavy stuff that we've talked about today. All right, so go ahead. Three numbers from one to 10. Exactly. I'll go with uh, four, five, and eight. Four, five, and eight. All right. Well, question number four is, what are the top three things that you do for you in terms of like self-care? Hmm. Um, jogging, drawing, and drinking good wine. Good. That's great. All good stuff to do. <laughs> Question number five is, what are you most curious about today? Hmm. Today, as in today in general, from here till I go to sleep, or about what we discussed? Well, both. It can be, it can be either or, it can be both. My idea was to think about it in more, much kind of broader spectrum. Just, mm -hmm. you know, these days, kind of, what mm -hmm. is that really sparks your curiosity? Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, believe it or not, like I'm very curious how this conversation will be perceived and, and in general, like since I feel like you're, you're at the start of building something extremely meaningful, I'm, I'm really curious about where this is going and, and how successful it will be because I predict it will be, it will be very appealing to, to a lot of people, you know, um, so I'd say this is this is my first immediate curiosity just because we're in the middle of it and and in general I think you know on a on a softer note I'll be curious about when will we be able or feel comfortable with uh, traveling all over the place again um, you know for for me for example going back to Italy visit my friends and and family um, that's uh, that's probably what's on my mind most of the time yeah, the traveling policy the last, I mean, all of this year has been very different to, to what we were um, used to, right? And, and also just thinking, going back to, you know, what remote work used to mean for us versus what it actually means today. It's, 
it's definitely not the same thing, right? Where we used to think that the perk of remote work was that you could actually travel anywhere and work from anywhere right now. It's, it's actually just working from home. But yeah, all right. Well, and the last question, uh, question number eight is your favorite game or app on your phone? Oh, that's, uh, you catch me, like I'm, go I'm going through my phone right now. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big I'm not a big gamer. I am a father to a PlayStation, so I I play okay. I play console, but uh, on the phone. But it could be also an app, like your favorite app that you use the most, or or you find the most valuable. Well, this will sound like the most boring thing ever, but I I do spend quite a bit of time on well, obviously WhatsApp and and LinkedIn, um, and. Uh, and YouTube probably. And now there's this big thing about, uh, you know, this game Among Us that uh, that yeah. uh, exploded recently. I did download it. I tried once. I was very bad at it, but I think it's uh, it's very funny. Okay, cool. Well, something for everyone to try out and see uh, and see if they like it. That, I think, that sums up all of our VP Roulette questions. And as we were coming to an end, I would just want to really thank you, Matteo, for taking the time out of your day and uh, being my very first guest. This is super exciting. Uh, I hope we're going to do more, more of those and you're going to come back on the podcast. There's many things uh, we still haven't talked about and, and I think um, endless conversations that we could have on, on mental health, on best practices, good advice that people can take away from both, you know, your, your whole initiative that, that you're running with, with um, Dora and just, our conversations um so i'm looking forward to having you on once again uh very soon and then hopefully also um catching up off offline uh grabbing a coffee um at some point or jogging and drinking wine simultaneously we'll see <laughs> anytime that's uh for sure I'm, I'm definitely up for that and and no th thank you Thank you for giving me the chance to to speak on on your very first episode or episode zero, which I think it's um, it's a big honor. And I know that uh, you know you you're you're very you're a very committed person. You're very serious about about exploring this topic, and and uh, and you know this uh, it says a lot about about yourself as a person and a professional. And and I'm really curious to see where where you're taking this, and and hopefully hopefully many people will. Uh, will tune in and listen to it and, and get uh, the maximum value from it. And, and for sure, we'll, uh, we'll do it again in the, in the future. And, and thank you, not just for having me as a guest, but also for being, um, you know, very supportive of uh, our projects, Tepsero, and of my, of my silly drawings and all of that. So it's much appreciated. Yes, I'll for sure put all the details about uh, Tepsero, the podcast, and your, uh, your, your amazing Instagram account, Matteo Dros Heads. <laughs> um so that everyone can follow you and um and yeah and, and definitely for everyone uh listening uh you guys need to check out the step zero uh podcast where there's already so much uh great material and and so much knowledge shared by um many many professionals um and um you know people from from all over the place uh, like mateo mentioned not only salespeople or or coaches but also uh, therapists and uh, neuroscientists. Uh, so, so many, so many interesting conversations that you, you guys had. So I encourage everyone to, to check it out. And until 
I record the next one, guys. Uh, see you around. Thank you. See you, everyone. Thank you.